So I'm wandering here through um, Wimbledon Park, just cut through Southfield and the area they call the grid. For obvious reasons, the neighbourhood is uh, in a grid shape with lots of long streets of terraced houses, um, I guess post-Victorian houses. Anyway, cutting through the park, it's a beautiful day. I'm sure Lee or, or one of the staff members will make me an excellent coffee over at his uh, cafe, Saucer and Cup. Uh, yes, there's a lot of families and people out and about today uh, having a daily stroll. The sun is out, so life seems pretty normal today. A lot of smiley faces. I'm sure everyone's talking about the same thing that everyone's been talking about for the last year. But there does seem to be a sign of positive energy and spirit amongst people. And yeah, lady walking her dog there, just giving me a bit of space to walk around. As you can see, I'm walking a bit faster than her. But yes, looking forward to learning more a bit about Lee and his uh, family cafe. Hello, I'm Stephen Marriott, author, traveller and newbie podcaster. Marriott Side Trips is the show where I share the stories of the folk I meet along the way. Real conversations with real people. But as we all know, travel has been a bit tricky of late. So being grounded, I've been taking the opportunity to get to know some Londoners. I've been meeting those traders and artists who've been keeping local London ticking over during the various lockdowns. And one of them is Lee Armitage, the owner of Saucer and Cup Coffee Shop in Wimbledon Park, South West London. We chatted near the kitchen that Saturday afternoon, which was in full swing, cooking up takeaway food, but I make no apologies for the background noise. After all, Lee's business was providing a vital service to the community, serving decent coffee, cake and other joyous stuff. Lee's story is one of perseverance and self-belief. Smell the coffee and get ready to be inspired. I'm really happy to be here with one of your excellent lattes oh, in your you. cafe, uh, Saucer and Cup. And your name's Lee Armitage and this is, as I said, this is your cafe. So just tell us a bit more about you, your role in, in, in your business, etc. Well, thanks, Steve. It's a real pleasure to be here. To take part in something like this is very positive and to sit here and be able to discuss everything with someone like yourself is great. Um, yeah, my role here at Sorcerer and Cup is it's my business. I built it from the ground up. Um, we are into our, nearly our seventh year of trading oh, now, um, which is very long. Um, sometimes I look back at the time and I say seven years has flown by. It really has. And um, yeah, it's basically, for lack of a better word, my baby. Um, everything you see here is something that I've put together, I've thought out um, from the ground up, um, from the brand to the offering to the menus to the design. It's all been me, you know. Okay. Yeah, it's um, it's been a very intense six and a half, seven years, but it's been absolutely incredible. It's been a journey that, unlike no other. It's a very, um, teaches you a lot about life, I would say, an experience like this, and I wouldn't change it for anything else. So, as you say, it, it's been your vision, and obviously you're, you're, do, you're doing everything then, from um, obviously being a barista to sourcing supplies, I guess, and yeah. marketing and things. But I know um, you're, I've been in here a couple of weekends, and your dad's been here. Does he, does he help you from time to time, or do other family members ever get involved? Yeah, I mean, definitely. Um, so if we if we go back a little bit okay. and go back into history, um, before we opened up, my mum was um, head chef at you would say it's a Thai restaurant in East London in Bethnal Green. Um, yeah, a very lovely place it was. It was almost an institution. What we had in this um, Thai place in Bethnal Green was yeah. cafe by day, Thai restaurant by night. But Interesting. it was a no menu affair. Wow. So for the Thai evenings. Um, it would be run by my mum and also 
Thai lady, great woman she was, Irene. She's not around anymore. Okay. It, really, it became a place that was treasured by locals because you got what you were given and you didn't complain. But you knew that what you would get would be absolutely incredible. Very small place, probably about 18 covers. Okay, yeah. So absolutely tiny. Biggest, not yeah. like some of the big Thai restaurants. No, no, exactly. Ab- absolutely tiny. Yeah, 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 definitely. And it was just off Arnold Circus in Bethnal Green. So great little place, just opposite the church. Yeah. Um, so my mum was there for about five to six years, maybe even longer. But your mum's not from Thailand. Then, no, 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 no. She's not from Thailand. What we've done is really she had poured her heart and soul into the place. Right. And the plan was to open up a place of our own where we can sort of alleviate some of her workloads mm-hmm. so then Saucer and Cup was born what actually then happened Steve was we opened up Saucer and Cup and we all we all became perfectionists we all became addicted and workaholics so rather than decrease her workload it actually increased her workload <laughs> yeah, yeah especially for the first couple of years now we've got a good balance now okay but yeah for the first couple of years it was we were all doing six seven days a week um, your mum and your dad it, as well um, not my dad mostly just me and my mum your mum yeah. yeah so um, we're both the ones with a food background I see yeah. yeah having my dad around is great he gets involved from time to time you know he's, he's a people's person so he just yeah, loves you can it tell that. Yeah. yeah being in an industry like this you have to be a people's person sure um so yeah i i think for someone like himself who loves talking to people loves building relationships on his day he won't have anything to do at home he will say lee i'm coming in because i just i just want to be there and and that's brilliant um i also find the same thing with my staff because when you have a great place to work or a place like a coffee shop that harnesses relationships it almost just attracts you and it almost starts to blur the lines between work and a place of fun. It's a lifestyle, I guess. Yeah, definitely, without a doubt. It is a lifestyle, and you have to embrace it. And I think my dad's embraced it really well. Mm-hmm. So it's great. I don't really need to encourage him to come in. Um, he just will absolutely always jump at the opportunity, which is great. Um, yeah, my mum's a perfectionist like me, so she likes to keep a real strict control on things. But yeah, ultimately that is how we got started and it was a very interesting journey. I'm fascinated by the fact that you, obviously, East London, Bethnal Green. Yeah. What took you to set up then in maybe an area you're not so familiar with then? Yeah. In, in, in you know, Wimbledon here we are, you know, Wimbledon Park, Southwest Yeah. London. I mean, I'd never been to Wimbledon Park in, in my life before until I came here to see, okay. this, really? to see this shop. Yeah. Um, to be honest with you, Steve, it started out as sort of a joke. Um, okay. Yeah, I were a um, good mate of mine. Mm-hmm. We were bored one evening. Um, we saw a premises available. It was a lovely summer's evening. I remember like remember it like it was yesterday. Really? Yeah. And um, we said, you know what? We've got nothing to do. Um, we've eaten dinner. Let's just take a little lovely drive down to South London. I think we were in North London at the time. So we said, yeah, let's take a drive to South West London and um, well, check this place out. I mean, no one's interested in taking it, but, you know, we'll just do it to kill some time. And we got to Wimbledon Park. I mean, the place was terrible outside, even inside. Right. It was an absolute state. But we walked around the area. It was just a perfect, I think it was like an August evening. It was really, it was It was just a lovely, so lovely evening. eight years ago, I guess. Yeah, so yeah, 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 yeah. I think it would have been really like um, late 2013. No, yeah, probably summer 2013 it would have been. Right. Yeah, yeah, it was summer 2013. Exactly then. And then we looked at the place, thought, okay, it's... It's fine, but you know, 
we went for a little walk then in Wimbledon Park and the area was just we could tell straight away from um, our surroundings the park the station some of the type of shops that we had on this road that this was an area devoid of what we wanted to do we'd always wanted to think of a good quality coffee operation and mm -hmm. bring it somewhere where it would be appreciated yeah and it, it almost was a gut instinct choice where everything just felt right mm -hmm. maybe the stars aligned Steve I'm not too much into that but sometimes days like that just make you feel that yeah maybe you could because you're feeling positive you could see the opportunity as opposed to maybe seeing maybe all the negatives yeah about the building um yeah no exactly and um the it was um looking back at it and looking back at the what we had before and what we had to turn it into it, it was a big journey you know it wasn't easy but you had to be positive and there was nothing to lose um okay we were really passionate about doing something and it was um either this was our opportunity or then we just wouldn't pursue it anymore you, yeah so it was either now or never really steve so um uh yeah we just literally went through everything it was a really long journey got everything built most of the stuff you see here that was built upstairs was a lot of it done by myself wow. with a few other people um very hands-on but yeah it really so i'm getting the feeling it's probably inevitable that at some point you would obviously the background with your mum involved with a Thai restaurant etc yeah. and food background was it inevitable that you would always set up a cafe or a restaurant or a coffee one or, or would, could, could enterprise take in a different direction um, I mean it could have um, personally I did not see myself being in this industry if you asked me 10 years ago okay. I mean, yes I probably I was in hospitality um, before this right I, my goal was never really to own a cafe or run a cafe. I've always been a big coffee drinker. That's been a big part of my life. You wake up in the morning and smell the coffee, yes. yeah. uh, as they say, Steve. But it's never been something that I thought I would run. And even before opening this place up, as we'd you know, done the paperwork, we said, I said to myself, you know what, Lee, I'm not going to become a perfectionist with this. I'm going to open it. I'm going to open up a place that's going to become a place where my mum can work, not work too hard. We can oversee operations a little bit, but not let it take over our life. And what happened was a complete opposite. Yeah. You know, we opened it, we became obsessed with quality and really just tried to better ourselves as much as we could. I mean, I'd say it's quite addictive almost, Steve, um, if I'm honest with you. You know, it's um, seeing something grow and trying to develop it as well as you can. It's... It's, it's a journey, you know, yes. the journey of a business, seeing it from the beginning and carrying it through and um, really looking at it and saying, how can I improve? What can I do better? And how can I be more efficient? And how can I extract more? And yeah, really, like um, I'm my biggest critic. I always say it. I say that to everyone. And I think that's a great trait, but it also comes with its drawbacks. Mm. But yeah, it's almost this obsessive dedication to being as good as you can be and... Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's something that I thought, I, I did not think I'd be in this industry, Steve. I really did not. I used to manage a, a nightclub before in Mayfair. Oh, wow. Yeah, which was Gosh. quite cool. I've sure got some stuff coming back on the podcast. I'm sure some of the stories there. Oh, yeah, we could do more than a podcast with, <laughs> with that one, Steve. Yeah, definitely. But um, that was great as well. 
Um, but really, opening up Sorcerer Cup has, even though it's been a challenge, I've, and it's come with a lot of ups and downs, mm. a lot of blood, sweat, and tears. I, I wouldn't change anything. Interesting. Well, I, I, as a customer, yeah. I, I, I want to say thank you. And I'm going to raise my uh, latte cup here to you and your thank family. Thank you. Thank you, um, Steve. And, and we felt that. You know what? I mean, obviously, your hard work is is to the advantage of, of the customers because that, that does come through. And um, I think maybe about six months ago on a Sunday, Emma, my partner, and myself walked in here. And Emma used to have a bookshop and cafe in the centre, so she knows coffee. But as soon yeah. as we ordered, and because of her, I've got a little bit better taste in coffee and things. <laughs> As soon as we ordered the coffee and we ordered a cake each, we were just like, wow, they're yeah. sourcing quality. So that perfection really does does come through. So, yeah, so so, um, so a long way round, I'm just trying to say your um, your hard efforts um, oh. uh, uh, haven't gone on notice. You're, you're, you're too kind, Steve. <laughs> thank you. No, really, thank you very much. Um, I, I think, look, the trickiest element of it is yeah. the perseverance required. And I think this is one of the reasons why a lot of other cafes and coffee shops Look, I'm not trying to call myself a success. I'm I'm always very um, humble in my um, efforts and my achievements. Mm. But I see a lot of cafes who start really well and then a couple of years down the line start to really take a downhill trajectory. You really require a sense of perseverance in this industry. And I think that's one of its biggest challenges. Yeah. yeah. Um, it really is. And what keeps I, it going then? Well... I, I guess, even though I hate the word, I'd say it's a bit of pride. Okay. Yeah. Pride, I guess. Yeah, yeah it, can, it can have its moments, you know. Um, having a strong sense of pride. Um, mm -hmm. Remembering your morals as well. Yeah. Remembering why you're here. Okay. You know, um, we're not here just for the bottom line. Mm -hmm. You know, yes, we are a business, but yeah. as well as to make money as a business. It's got to be our, sustainable, of course. Yeah, exactly. Our priority is all, almost it's always for you as a customer to have the best experience possible in terms of that coffee that you're going to be getting. Mm -hmm. That's going to be made with all the resources we've had in the best possible manner. Okay. You know, from everything that happens behind the scenes mm -hmm. to getting the coffee taste like that. It's all those methods will be implemented and no cutting corners, you know, it's, right. um, look, everyone seeks efficiencies here and there, but sometimes there's certain things that you just have to do. Mm -hmm. And if it costs as a business, you just have to bear the cost of it. And it's these little factors, a combination of all these small details that when come together, lead to something, some people, so it's quite small, but for us quite big, which is yes. a lovely coffee. Yeah, it's yeah, it's an experience, and I guess you know London has gone through a bit of a coffee revolution. Oh, definitely. And I think, well, at least I benefit because Emma's knowledge of coffee now. But I think people in London generally know if they're having a good coffee or not. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you must know that with the customers and their feedback. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, I think yeah, it's great what's happening in London and with um, with the coffee and cafe industry. It's come such a long way. Mm -hmm. I look at when we started in 2014 and where the industry is at now and it's, it's just brilliant because the advancements happen and we all move together Yeah, and it all helps everyone in bettering their standards and you almost seek differentiation more than you would have if it, the industry was quite, wasn't as busy, so mm -hmm. to say. But nonetheless, what I find, Steve, and... Um, I don't know if some other of your listeners would find this. I find that, you know, 
and this is the way I, that I see the industry heading in, is it's not difficult to get a good cup of coffee okay. in London now. Yeah. It's really not. But there's going to have to be a strong difference between cafes that just look good, mm-hmm. um, have all the right gear, and cafes who are great. Okay. So, so you think maybe it was the point because obviously there's a lot of competition and people yeah. and there's a lot of roasters in, in London yes, now yes, and, yes. and people are learning about coffee and sourcing. Yeah. Which maybe we'll come on to a little bit about that um, further into the interview. But what you're saying is now you're at the level where it's not just good enough to, to have quality. You've got to you're up to the, we're up to the next stage of things. Aren't yeah. We? No. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. We really are. Uh, I think so. And okay. I, I I think with um, uh, customers and consumers being more aware, um, that will always. Um, push things in that direction um, so with more and more people like yourself and all of our customers drinking quality beverages we're able to see that you know you've got places that look good and they look good mm. or you've got places that you understand that commitment behind the scenes mm. and they go that extra mile um, and it's the magic that happens behind the scenes that I think make the real difference yeah well I think uh, perhaps staff is important for that and I feel that that, that sense of camaraderie when I walk through yeah, okay, yeah. your staff are always very attentive and, and friendly yeah. so that I guess there's I guess I mean I don't run a coffee business so, so I mean I wouldn't know all of these things come back to if it as a customer if it, it seems to work and obviously say there's, there's obviously you're looking it's a sample of your ethos just to improve but yeah but what that's reminded me to ask you is that who are the kind of cust- who are your customers and I appreciate we're, we're still hopefully coming out of this third Oh um, yeah, lockdown. We've you know we've we've now you know hopefully there's there's real I think more solid positive signs that there might be. So I appreciate yeah. you're not functioning as you would do in your normal yeah. tables and, and people inside. But who are your your typical customer? Um, like I I think we've got quite a um like a lot of our customers are locals. Yeah, and we've got a great reputation in the local area and. I think um, where we are in London, we've got a lot of people who appreciate quality and um, they don't mind spending money on things that bring them joy and um, life's necessary luxuries and so yeah we've got quite a wide range of clientele but um, we don't have one specific set of demographics you know okay yeah so we'll have um, we'll have a lot of customers on the weekend who can't come Monday to Friday because they were in the office office previously so could be your investment banker types who live in great um, um, houses here in Southwest London. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got quite a lot of like freelancers, a lot of creative types, um, a lot of like okay. developers and marketing guys yeah. who um, I remember would actively seek this place before as a, as a great place to come for not just coffee, but, you know, it enhances creativity almost, right. you know, and being in a place with like-minded individuals yeah. who appreciate quality. Um, yeah, we've got like a few movie guys who come down here okay. and um, people into film and video. Interesting. Um, yeah, a lot of our um, most loyal customers are actually into film and video, which is quite funny. But um, So it's quite a wide range, you know, not so much um, mothers with too much time on their hands. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, but not as much as one would expect okay. from Southwest London. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's really quite diverse, you know. So I mean, we get people coming. Yep, through there. We get people traveling as well. 
yeah. which is quite cool. I mean, I've had people come from Bedfordshire to come here. No way. Yeah, I mean, look, I've traveled the world for coffee, but oh, it's wow. quite, it was quite flattering to have yeah. someone come from Bedfordshire. And I was like, okay. Well, wow. so the, the word is being spread. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, that was quite, quite a compliment. And um, so, yeah, it's really quite diverse. Um, and I think that's just, all, it's almost a representation of London as well. Yeah. You know, it's um, get a little bit of everything. Okay. And I guess, um, obviously, not last summer, but with when you've got the Wimbledon um, fortnight, um, yeah. um, tennis happening, does that bring a different dynamic for a few weeks? Um, it does sometimes. Yeah, we, we get um, a, lot of, a lot more tourists in. Um, get a few of the tennis players in as well. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm not that great with celebrities. I mean, my my past life in the nightlife oh, industry right. yeah. put me in touch with quite a few, and I I let that side of my life go, you know. But yeah, we get quite a few tennis players come in, their agents, their managers, and it is considerably busier. Um, yeah, I can imagine. I mean, I know obviously this is obviously Wimbledon Park, but obviously yeah. Wimbledon Village goes mad. No, it goes crazy, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but fortunately, you know, we um, we have our our clientele throughout the year who you know appreciate what yeah. we do, and it's um, they they are our priority. If I'm honest, Steve, you know, um, yeah, we have to keep our regulars happy and consistent. And mm-hmm. I said this to you the other day, and I'm a strong believer of you know we judge ourselves by the worst coffee of the day. I Any- love that. I love that idea. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyone can make a good coffee. But if the worst coffee that is coming out of your machine on the day is of a quite a great standard, yes, that that, that says something. It's a, ben- a good benchmark. Yeah, well. yeah, definitely. Yeah. And we really try to set those benchmarks high. Yeah, no, we really do. Um, and it ta- it takes a lot, as I said, perseverance, Steve. Mm-hmm. And um, sometimes it takes patience as well. Not patience just on our behalf, but patience on the clientele's behalf. And that's another thing that we're blessed with. You know, a lot of our customers sometimes can be so patient with us. If a coffee is questionable, we'll throw it away, Steve. Right. So um, your coffee won't be as quick as it would be elsewhere. Um, so sometimes that means you have to wait a little bit longer than you would somewhere else. Mm-hmm. But, you know, having patient customers who understand our approach really is a blessing for us. Well, that's a good sign. And I think that, the, that, that your customers appreciate coffee then in the main and if they're prepared to be patient yeah 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 definitely and yeah they're patient with me sometimes as well because um i get very passionate behind the machine (laughs) when i'm there yeah that's great great i wanted to take things guess stepping backwards a little bit but finding out a little bit more about you and i guess the first and i know obviously your your heritage is is the balkans and yeah. montenegro yeah but your surname is uh armitage yeah so armitage and um, armitage is not particularly a, a balkan name so just maybe just tell us a bit about your your roots and so um, and, and things and i guess i think you, you told me before that you were you were born in montenegro am i right in saying yeah that? so montenegro as you would realize is a very small country well, I mean, I mean, I was reminding myself on the map for it. Well, I mean, obviously, I know it's in the Balkans, but it's, it's quite hard to find just above Albania and below yeah, Croatia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's in, in between Albania and Croatia. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're from a small coastal town in the very south, um, not too far away from the border in, in Albania. Okay. Yeah, probably about half an hour, 45 minutes away from there. And, um, yeah, so it's... Um, how would I say? I, w- I was born there. I came here when I was two years old. Okay. So most of my upbringing has been here in London. Yeah. Um, yeah. My surname is a spin-off of the Albanian way of saying it. Oh, is it? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So it's um, it's just one of those things that's happened. You know, I I look at London like home. 
even yeah. though my background is from Montenegro. Yes. That's where I... I mean, I wouldn't have known unless, uh, yeah. you, know, you know, respect your father, actually. Yeah, know, yeah, because, yeah. Um, again, Emma's, um, she's worked in the Balkans yes, for 10 years, I remember so she you had saying. an interest in yeah. conversation. But I'll, I'll, you know, in London, and London is just a Londoner, wherever they're, wherever they're yeah, from. Yeah, yeah. I think you've got to do your 10 years or something. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Then you, then you basically become a Londoner. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, definitely, yeah. And I, I think that's quite a beautiful thing in its way. Yeah in a way as well and being able to call something like London home that's so diverse mm-hmm. um, yeah it's it's shaped the person who I am and growing up in like a, in a cultural melting pot of what London is yeah. really gives you a unique upbringing in life I feel mm-hmm. and um, yeah I'd, I'd see it as quite a quite a strength mm-hmm. um, yeah so okay and do you think there's something about your, your your Balkan heritage that that maybe gives you a different attitude to life here, and I mean you seem so positive and you know, yeah, oh, so much energy. It seems you, you catch um, me on a good day, Steve. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's um to be honest with you, um, no, not really. I think you know, um, look, the the only thing you can give me is a strong love for coffee mm-hmm. because where we're from, you drink coffee from when you are seven, eight years old. Yeah, I mean, Emma does talk fondly about the, the, the strong coffee. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. From all from all around the various countries in the region. Yeah, yeah. So definitely, coffee is like okay. coffee is culture there. You know, if yeah. you don't drink coffee, there's something wrong with you. And um, so. That, the, <laughs> well, I think, yeah, I think there's something wrong with uh, London now. They don't drink, they don't drink coffee. <laughs> no, exactly, definitely. So that that's what it gives us, you know. Um, but apart from that, I mean. Um, uh, yeah, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't put anything down to my um, cultural background. Okay. You know, um, I, I'm a firm believer of um, wherever you come from in the world, it's um, you are who you are. Yeah, and yeah. That shouldn't really change too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm very okay. um, open to different cultures and. Yeah, you have to be living in London. Oh, of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. And what are the, the pros and cons? I know, I know. First and foremost, you are the business in many ways, from what you said. But yeah. obviously, you know, you, your father helps out. And does your mum still help out here? Um. Yeah. Yeah. She still helps out. You know. Um. Yeah. She does quite a few days a bit okay. more now. We're just still looking for some other people. Okay. There's a lot of pros and cons. Um. To working with family. Yeah. 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 Preempted my question. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um. I, I guess the biggest pro, Steve, would be um, I get to spend time with my family. Yeah, yeah, that's nice. which is such a blessing. It, it's a luxury almost mm-hmm. because if we didn't work together, I don't know if I'd be able to spend all this time with them. So I'd say that is definitely the biggest pro, that's you know. Nice. Yeah, but it does come with its drawbacks, as I'm right. sure many people will tell you. Working with family can really you know, you, you get your power struggles, decision making. It's sometimes it's all over the place. Yeah. And, and are, are the family all invested in the business, or is it just yourself? Um, it, it's just myself. Okay. Yeah. Um, so you get the final call on things. Um, I like to think I do. Yeah, <laughs> but that that's probably my biggest problem. Yeah, getting the final call and then being met with resistance okay. and left and right. So. Um, but again, I think the positives outweigh the negatives, and it's just like anything: you get your good days and you get your bad days. But the the definitely the pros outweigh the cons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Brilliant. And what's it been like working during this for three lockdowns? Um, that's there's going to be challenges there. Oh yeah. Well, apart from the obvious that you can't have customers inside. I mean, you did in the summer, obviously. Yeah, it's. Um, I, I've thought about that as well quite a bit. Um, it's being. It's probably not what you expect, Steve. It, 
that level of perseverance takes a hit. Okay. Yeah, because us being open in the manner we are does not allow us to truly represent who we are as a business. Yes. Yeah, doing just takeaway service detracts from the qualities of our of our business and we're not able to serve you in the way okay. we want to serve you yes. we can't give you that quality of service we can't give you that experience yeah. that we earn to give you so staying motivated and persevering through this period is probably the hardest part you yeah. know we're lucky that financially we've been fine oh, good. That's good to hear. Yeah, yeah like you know and at least you've been able to stay open in the sense that you, i mean i think yeah. it's worse everyone not yeah but at least subsequent to them you could just still do takeaways. no exactly and it's and, been and such a blessing yeah no definitely and it's you know it's given us a routine we're able to come in yeah we're able to engage in conversation we're able to drink lovely coffee so like really it's been such a blessing there'd be nothing worse than to be staying at home on furlough it'd be an absolute nightmare but again staying motivated and persevering that's really the toughest part of it and, yes um I, that's what i struggle with personally i see that's what the, some of the guys struggle with interesting yeah, yeah. I, mean, I think obviously we do different things but for me the, the, the virus per se i was never particularly worried about about that uh, i'm not the vulnerable um, yeah camp and so per se I felt worried about that but it was always what did worry me was my mental how I'd react to it men oh, yes. mentally and you know my friends and family around me that was always the biggest concern yeah. for me um, so it's interesting you, as you say you've, you've, that, that has been something that you've it's been a challenge yeah 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 and mentally that, that's it Steve isn't it it's from mm. a mental perspective that's where the biggest challenge has been mm. um, but yeah I think for us I think we're one of the lucky businesses you yeah. know being able to stay open and being able to keep everyone in work being able to pay all our suppliers that's which amazing. are the forgotten heroes of the industry you know yeah. everyone speaks of restaurants and um, almost the front line of the industry uh, being impacted by this but no one sees the whole supply chain that's mm -hmm. hit really hard um, so we're able to pay all of them on time put them down as a priority um, yeah my sole priority throughout the last year has just been keeping this place going making sure yeah. everyone's paid Brilliant. keeping everyone in work and just um, keeping the place ticking over that and hopefully we can get back to what to what we love doing mm -hmm. and serving people in the way we want to and giving them the experience of what represents yeah. us. But well, I'm certainly looking forward just to popping in here and yeah. sitting down and enjoying the vibe yeah. and the atmosphere. I know there is always such a lovely vibe, Steve, and it's it's quite difficult, you know, when we're doing just takeaway yeah. and you can't generate that vibe. I feel our vibe sometimes is quite unique to, to us. Yeah. And I mean, it's, I think, you know, it's always hard to put down on, you know, on paper what creates a good vibe. But yeah. I, all I would say is I think I've been around and yeah. you know, we walked in here uh, in the summer when we could come in again and, yeah, know, yeah, inside. Yeah. And I just felt it, I guess, with the quality combined. But yeah. Yeah. And I think it's so important, you know, being able to create a vibe. Yeah. Um, the last thing we want is a place that does a lot of great things, but is always quite soulless. Mm. Um, that's one thing I've tried to avoid, you know, and I've said to everyone, they can express themselves, they can express their personalities. We're not very formal with the way we serve in hope of it elevating the vibe mm. and not leading to a bit of a soulless ambience that you find in some great cafes and coffee shops yeah. or some corporate chains that do things really well, but just lack that bit of character. Um, customer first, I guess. Yeah, always. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. 
And you, you touched on then, or you mentioned suppliers, sort of like the unsung heroes often, you know, keeping us fed and... No, definitely, yeah. Just tell us about some of your suppliers and where you source coffee from and um, the food in general as well, because that, as I say, the case, that, that blows our mind. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, thank you very much. Um, yeah, it's suppliers is probably one of the, when we speak of challenges, it, okay. opening up this business, yeah. finding the right suppliers is usually real, the real task, mm-hmm. you know, and it's something that we still work on up to this day, you know, even seven years on. Okay. You know, we're still... Still, still working Someone on. Someone trying to grab you there. <laughs> so, Steve, chef. Yes. Coffee, please. Coffee. Yeah. Chef, I'll be back, chef. Okay, sorry about that. That's all right. No, no, um, you're a working cafe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, so. And those suppliers, if you say that's it's a challenge to get good good supply. I mean, do you do you source the beans direct, or do you have like London wholesalers, or is it a mixture? Yeah. So. Yeah, so with a coffee perspective, I mean, for us, it's been a journey. It's been a real journey. Cutting a long story short, when we first opened up, we put a lot of faith in one coffee roastery. Um, As I learned more and more about coffee, I found that out that they really could be a lot better than what they were doing. Um, They were cutting a lot of corners. I weren't happy with this, nor were they. Then I've had to look for other suppliers elsewhere. Um, Then another really reputable, great local London company same thing exactly okay. the same thing do you think this is some of them as they expand and they uh, oh that's yeah that's that, that's definitely to, been the know, case to, yeah, boost their margins. oh by all means definitely yeah right. yeah well, without naming names but yeah, yeah yeah without naming naming names without a doubt um 100% okay um until then now you know we one of our main suppliers now is workshop coffee based in Bethnal Green um we've they do our house coffees um, okay Credit to their guys and their head of coffee, James Bailey. Their level of quality control is absolutely second to none. Okay. Um, I've bought coffee on a wholesale basis from around Europe and everywhere in the UK. And okay. their quality control is really what keeps us going back to them. Their transparency and... Um, we've been with them probably for the last four years now. And do they source coffee from all around the world? Um, yeah, yeah. From the main specialty growing regions, they'll okay. be buying coffee. Um, I've always said we're a cafe, not a roastery. So no. we let the roastery make the decision. Yeah, and you, we can you, put you, faith you, in them. Yeah. Yeah. And we're able to then just serve what the roastery, who does a house coffee, yeah. workshop coffee, we're able to serve that in confidence. Mm-hmm. So I've bought tons, literally tons of coffees over the years from workshop coffee. Thank you. That's one of your Thank coffees you, arriving. <laughs> yeah. Black yeah. coffee. Um, always. Yeah. Um, I bought tons of coffees from them, literally, and I've probably only returned, say, two batches wow, over the okay. last four years. That's, I mean, I know nothing about coffee, but that sounds pretty good. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely, definitely. And on those couple of times, they've been great. Um, they do our house coffee. Then we've got other coffees, other roasteries um, in the UK that we buy from um on a say guest basis so okay. we're always serving a few different types of coffees right. two different espressos a few, couple of different filter coffees sometimes we buy from europe as well big fan of the scandinavian coffee roasteries interesting we find okay. that they roast their coffees in a particularly different way a bit lighter so it brings out some of the more flavors a lot of the uk roasteries are going in that direction which right. is great as well it means we don't really have to go to scandinavia to get it to yes. get it but it's nice to try, you know, okay. and um, yeah, that's from a coffee perspective. And 
from a food wise, um, yeah, again, it's just it's that don't, journey. Don't, don't, don't give the secret away, Mister Plaza. Like, uh, I think they're special those cakes, but yeah. From, sorry, interrupted you. Um, no, I mean I've always been very transparent, Steve. I always have, okay. you know, and um, I I've always said even customers who come in here they ask us do you make those cakes no we don't mm -hmm. this is who makes them yeah and we're proud of our relationship with them um and we we want to be able to showcase and highlight that we don't make these cakes mm -hmm. um this is the doing of so and so and um yeah we always encourage that that transparency is a big part of the business for us and um yeah cakes wise we've got a great couple um husband and wife alex and lara they're based in dulwich um, they are superb. Yeah, yeah. They, they we've been with them from day one. Well, they, they, that was a good find. Then. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, I think the, if we look at all our suppliers, they're the only suppliers we've had from day one. Really? Yeah. So it's been a yeah very long relationship with them. Um, our pastries are done by a great uh, Michelin star chef. Okay. Um, yeah, Mikhail Johnson, um, lawyer turned chef, um, opened one of the world's top fifty restaurants in Chiswick, head own. Oh, right. Yeah, okay. which he then closed so he could focus on baking. Wow. So he does all our pastries, um, does our bread, and um, yeah. Your bread as well, okay. Yeah, 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 really great, really great. Um, as with anyone who's on that level, it comes with its um, sort of... Um, price? Yeah, price and idiosyncrasies. Uh, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, but it's, it, it's, it's great, yeah. Like, and we've been working with them for the last couple of years now, I think. Brilliant. And... Um, yeah, for us, it's um, they are on a wholesale basis mm -hmm. the most expensive suppliers in London. Cutting your margins a bit, then obviously on, on that basis. Oh, by all means, your cakes, you know, like, you know, they're reasonably priced. Yeah, I only know the cakes, but um, it's a long-term game as well, isn't it? That that's what it is, Steve. Um, without a doubt, mm -hmm. and um, yeah, we are cutting our margins on those um, on those cakes and those pastries for certain because. Um, we're not in this game to make money off pastries and become rich off pastries. We're in here. If we're going to sell you a pastry, we want it to be the best possible pastry you can get and without us making it because we're not pastry chefs alongside the best coffee that you can get that we can physically make. Um, and that's the plan. And 10, 20, 30, 40 pence here and there, um, for us, it's a cost that we can bear okay. in order to give you that experience. And if we do have to charge you extra for that premium it's, it's justified yes it, it's yeah, not that it's we're not, putting not, a premium on it you're not trying to rip people off yeah. it's, it's, the, you know, it's, it's value for money I guess yeah. it's, it's a term I'm struggling for yeah 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 <laughs> exactly interesting alright I want to just um, quick round up in, in the next few minutes but just, yeah. just, just delve a little bit more into you maybe and we're, we're talking about you know suppliers from different parts of London yeah. um, have you got a favourite area of London I, mean, I know you don't live in the area that in more central or is an area you find yourself drawn to in normal um, circumstances yeah 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 in normal circumstances exactly i mean it's a, it's a very good question steve it really is um, um i live in soho currently yeah exactly it, it really is you know yeah. you tell people oh you live in soho that's an experience and well, it is. I used to live in um, sort of London Bridge and Waterloo area, yeah. so you know Soho's never that far. From yeah, there, so, exactly. Like, you know, and the walking distance. Yeah. Well, Twenty minutes, half an hour walking distance. And, yeah. and it's a place most people would go and visit, but would never expect to live there. Well, I know there's a village community there. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's super cool, you know. And um, especially now during this whole um, lockdown, yeah. And, 
it's really would have been quiet of course but just what you've had no tourists I guess. yeah 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 so just it's like yourselves. yeah it's, it's brilliant in a way yeah um but i've I, I like it you know i think it's really diverse it's really um it, there's a lot going on there's a lot of um, personality to it um which is really cool um, I love a lot of parts of East London as well. Okay. Yeah, go down towards back to our roots in Bethnal Green. And that's where you grew up, then, was it Bethnal um, Green? No, or? no, I didn't. I grew up in. Um, I grew up just off West London. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah, in, just in between Edra Road and Maida Vale. Okay. So, All right. Um, not too far from Central London. No, so you've always been fairly central. Yeah, yeah, but we spent a lot of our time in East London. Okay. Um, because I, of the restaurant. Yeah, and um, I, I like the character that it exudes, exudes, yeah. exudes a lot of character. But I think the beauty of London is there's little, little pockets wherever you go. So whether that's North London, East, South or West, they've all got their little pockets mm-hmm. where each generates a sort of level of character and personality that you can appreciate. And, um, and, and for me, that's what I love. You know, I can go to parts of South London, like, you know, Wimbledon Park is great. Um, it wouldn't have been my area of choice, but I wouldn't change anything about it. Yes. Um, but you know, you can get to parts of South London that are really great that I quite enjoy. You know, Clapham, Clapham Common. Okay. You know, good good place to be. I've said John's Hills, great area. Go down to Brixton. That's also super cool. Um, but I think it's difficult to be somewhere in London and say I don't enjoy it. And that's again. The beauty of growing yeah. up here and yeah so you're, you're a city boy at heart then are you <laughs> yeah yeah i think so i think okay. so Interesting. yeah all right well that i think takes me up towards the end i think of the question i'd like to ask you to, to, to round up things where where do you see yourself in 10 years time <laughs> that's a great question steve so i just thought i'd trap that in there and take you by surprise yeah um i i would guess probably in this industry still Okay. Um, maybe with just a few more establishments, or maybe in the roastery side. Okay, interesting. Um, yeah, it's something that we're still working on. Um, I almost feel that I'm, a, I'm, I'm at a bit of a crossroads now. Yeah. Do I, I go in yeah. one direction okay. or the other? Okay. And that's happening now. So. So you're, yeah, you're, yeah. The, the ideas are sort of blossoming a bit, aren't they? Yeah. We're thinking about it. Yeah. Things. Well, the industry does take, a, um, you know, all that persevering, Steve, and it takes a lot of mental strength and it does drain you. Yes. Yeah. So sometimes you wonder, do I have another 10 years left in me for hospitality? Yeah. yeah. And for really giving it 110% all the time, day in, day out. On a good day, you do. Mm-hmm. You always think, you know, there's no other job in this world that I would want to be doing than what I'm doing now. But on the bad days it's bad so the highs are really high and the lows are really low yeah but i think ultimately the level of the highs are worth it that it would be a shame not to pursue this industry and be the best versions of ourselves and expand without over expanding yeah because of that i mean obviously there's a lot of competition for 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 coffee cafes in, in, in London and obviously this is a challenging times so I think if you can if you can evolve in this period yes be, exactly be good opportunities yeah and um, I, I still think there's room in the industry for um, people who are quality driven and quality focused yeah. um, as I say I see behind the scenes a lot of corners cut okay. and um, any place that I'd be involved in in the future we'd want to shift that you know and take inspiration from other places around the world mm-hmm. and 
see what they're doing right and bring that here into London, which I still think has some way to go. So well, it'd be interesting maybe to interview in a couple of years. Oh yeah, oh definitely. Find out what, yeah. what, what, what decisions you did make and yeah. whether you went into the roastery or way, how, how 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 things have evolved and and a good excuse to delve back into your past there when you're you were <laughs> managing a club in, um, in <laughs> yeah. Mayfair and things. So I think there's a lot of um, good stuff that we could probably oh definitely we could, uh, yeah. find out. Unless there's anything you wanted to add about the business or or. or um, or yourself that we didn't cover. I think maybe we'll we'll leave it there. Uh, apart from obviously, please tell us um, on, we're on Arthur Road how people can find the uh, the cafe, your website, and all these things to find out more about. Yeah, yourselves. I mean just Saucer and Cup on Arthur Road. Um, you can see us at saucerandcup.com. Okay. Um, yeah, very easy place to find. Um, all I would say is um, being strong and being able to persevere. And if you've got a vision, being able to pursue it, even when it feels like everything is working against you, being able to see light at the end of the tunnel, especially during these testing times, yes. that if you can stay mentally strong and resilient, good things will come, mm -hmm. but you really have to work for it. So that's, that's what I would take. And I'd also like to say thanks to you, Steve, for being able to sit here and discuss this with you and... Yeah, I'd love to be able to take you up on the opportunity in a couple of years' time and see what's happened. That would be great, and it's been an absolute pleasure coming yeah. to the cafe today and learning more about your your life, Lee. And I think now that yeah, that's some real great words of wisdom there. Huh. Just to, um, especially just in terms of this early days of this podcast, and yeah. I want to show people the world and the people I meet really on the way. So. Looking forward to coming back just for a, a coffee um, yeah. and sitting in the cafe. Well, yeah, by, by all means, by all means. That seems like that there seems to be light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, we've got to be positive and yeah, good things will come. Yeah, no, thank you, Steve. It's been a real pleasure. Many thanks. Steve. Yeah, real pleasure. Thanks so much for listening. And a big thanks to Lee for his time and insights. More about this episode, including details of Sorcerer and Cup and other things mentioned, can be found in the show notes at my flashy new website, marriottsidetrips.com. That's M-A-R-R-I-O-T-S sidetrips.com. Plus, if you enjoyed the show, please subscribe, share it with your friends and leave a review on Apple Podcasts or your favourite podcast service, of course. Reviews really help spread the word. You can also sign up to my newsletter through my website. By signing up, you'll never miss an episode and you'll also get an exclusive access to other cool things, including an ebook checklist, essential checklist for the modern day traveller. I haven't decided quite yet which guest interview to put out next, but I have some amazing personal stories to share with you. From a young Afghan refugee and his story of becoming a footballer and a retailing entrepreneur, a Turkish artist's story of her 360 days, 365 days I should say of lockdown art to a Peruvian brother and sister team serving up their street food in Waterloo. See you next Thursday for another London side trip. In the meantime, take care.